All right, y'all. Y'all, we'll, we can we can turn this way. We can we can kind of wrap it up. I heard some amazing things. Um, so in a second, if I can just get a couple of y'all just to to shout out. <laughs> if I can get a couple of y'all to shout out some of those amazing things that your group talked about, that's gonna be good. Let me before we lead up. Remember, we're talking about this Bible study has been about divine communication. It's not specifically been bullseyed on prayer, but really this whole whole network of how we communicate with God. Just want us to be thinking about it. We just started with the fact that really trying to breathe confidence into our people that you can know God. That you can have um a a conversational deep sense that that um God's near me, talking to me and interacting with me. I really wanted to make sure uh, we stress that and then kind of just move into just this idea that really wanted to develop our praise language and how important it is that we were actually redeemed to be praisers and proclaimers and that you're really not really talking to God a whole lot if you ain't doing a whole lot of praising because that's the type of communications that is fitting of the king of the cosmos. You mean, now if you were just talking to anybody else, maybe you can get away with not being a praiser. But you don't you don't fool yourself. You don't have a relationship with God Almighty unless you're a praiser. It don't work that way. That's what we're all called to do, right? Um, but then last week, really wanted to focus on this idea of seeking God, um, both as a lifestyle um, and a gear that we can go to, right? The way that I've tried to set the classes up is I wanted us to really think a lot about practically, um, especially in the latter parts, um, how these things work in our ministry. Um, obviously, there's times for, you know, praise, you know, uh, worship, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the seeking God, you know, when is it, when is the seeking God aspect of divine communication when y'all think that's probably most important in the life rhythm of our church? Besides all the time. So remember, I'm encouraging you to think about seeking God both as a lifestyle and as a gear you can go to. So when is the seeking God, you know, at least if you're anticipating in PT's mind, when does he think we need to be seeking God the most intensely? Huh, getting ready for you to make a decision? I, I think, yes, that would probably fall in my lifestyle. But in the, in the life rhythm of our church, corporately as we walk together, when is that? I would say like worship service. So one of the times we get, we get, we get back in front and I'll have a pre-worship meeting with our worship team. And, um, you, know, you know, sometimes they're back there and gir girl, you're here. Uh-uh, you need to fix that. Uh, turn your, your blouse. Bro, you seen the Packers game? And my heart is on fire. It's on fire, my brother, because these people don't need to hear about Aaron Rodgers. They need to hear about the king of the cosmos. You need to get your focus on. You need to be able to shift gears and go to seeking God mode. You got to have the gear. So once again, seeking God is not a passive kind of thing. Like, you know, nobody gets to see God more fully passively. You got to be able to say, uh oh, I'm a little off. I need to 
I need the lock, right? And so what, what we're trying to establish, you know, Kendall laughs at me, and we're trying to get in the rhythm, is at least 30 minutes before worship, Jeremy, he's there, we're trying to shut things down, trying to get some worship music going, um, because guess what? You didn't had 160 plus hours in the week to meet with Susie and the hug Bob. You don't have to do that right now. This is not what that's for. Not, not right now. And I'm not, Pastor Tim, we ain't see, it's corporate. No, 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 you don't have to do that now. We can do that after service and go play kickball and all that kind of fun stuff together. But right now, what we most desire is for our people to see the grandeur of God more clearly. So, so corporately, can we lead each other in that focus? Boom. And so part of that is just kind of setting the tempo, like, hey, let me tell you what I did last night. No, not right now. Oh, you being, yes, because it's not that time. You can call me, we can text about that later. Not now. Um, so I do, I, I deeply desire um, more of us, um, not just to come at five and be ready, but maybe even to set an atmosphere like, hey man, this is what this space is about right now. So, man, what would it look like for you maybe once a month? It's like, man, this, this is my month, I'm gonna go at 4.30. I'm just gonna be there. I'm gonna be worshipful, I'm gonna be present, I'm gonna be prayerful. I'm just gonna try to help set an atmosphere and a tone uh, for what we want. You know, there'll be times when we're jovial, we even put a place in the middle of our worship where we can greet one another but we want the atmosphere to, we want to designate it as if we're going to meet with the God of the universe, not just go to a Grizz game. You know what I'm saying? Cause that's, that's not what it is. So then we have intercession. Where would you think like we have space in our ministry for intercession? Huh? Right now, primarily Wednesday mornings, it's a group that meets here at six. And that's, what is intercession in your mind? It is prayer. It's a specific type of prayer. I think, yeah, praying for, right? So yeah, there we go. We're, we're praying for, we're praying on behalf of. That's, that's, that's the specificity of, of intercession. And so if y'all just walked in, what we, what we did was we looked at Nehemiah and John 17, just kind of putting together a loose theological framework for maybe what intercession looks like. And so um, let's, y'all can shout at me. I heard a bunch of cool stuff. So take your time and let us know uh, uh, what you thought. But what was the first one? In what ways are they? Yeah, in what ways were the prayers of Nehemiah and the intercession of Jesus similar? What y'all have? Yes, yes, little Benny or Brycey, who is that? Yeah, yeah, loaded with scripture, right? Specifically, how, how did you see Nehemiah's prayer loaded with scripture? What, what is their Bible? In the Old Testament, huh? Yeah, the Pentateuch, the Mosaic Law, right? That's that's their law, right? And so, I love that they're constantly 
rolling that thing back. Now, how do you see scripture in Jesus' prayer? <laughs> we, uh, bro, you know what we talked about. <laughs> you know what I came here to do. You know, I am the living embodiment of, of the, I am the word. The word became flesh, John 1, 14. Here we are. That's kind of fool. Yeah, what else? How, how are they similar? Yes, 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 yes. Yep. What else? Similar. The Father both like personal and intimate. Mm. Like I think Sierra said that they, they both acknowledge God in a high place, but they're not talking to God as if he's just like Paul. Mm-hmm. What ways are were they kind of dissimilar? Well, hey, one more thing we had was that that kind of the end goal of both of them was for either a restoration or a continuation of fellowship with God. Like that mm-hmm. was the whole purpose mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. community and the people of God. <coughs> All right, tell me, how are they a little bit unique to each other? When it's written, or I guess it's written, spoken, spoken by Jesus, and so the way that Jesus is able to pray is a little different than the way that <laughs> Nehemiah is able to pray. Nehemiah did not say, this is you are in me, and I am in you. Jesus seemed to have more authority. He prays with more authority. How do you pray with to God with more authority? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I also noticed I was in the in the Nehemiah one. It starts with like confession and repentance. Yeah. And uh, I was just kind of going back and forth, and I was looking at the second one, like, oh, like that's a good, great way to start a prayer, is like with confession and repentance. Can't find any. It's Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus. Jesus, you ought to be repenting right now. No, I ain't got it. Yeah, that's true. For sure. Yeah, I love, I think, to me, I um, Jesus' prayer. Um, what did I say to self? Self said. Um I love verse nine, just the focus. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world. <laughs> like, whoa, okay, Jesus, I ain't praying for them. Um, but uh, so that that's in you know, obviously the the targets. Maybe that's a similarity 
more than a dissimilarity, but um, there definitely seems to be a, you know, specific group of people who we're praying for and they're, they're kind of identified. Um, I love it. What, let's just talk about principles. So we think about this idea <clears throat> of intercession being a part of our divine communication network. We need to be praisers. We need to be seeking God um, both as a lifestyle and we need to have a gear that we can go to. Um, and then we also, it seems clear, we need to be intercessors, right? Intercession should be a part of our dialogical relationship with God. If you looked at these two scriptures, what kind of what kind of just principles that would you just start putting into practice? All right, right. If I need to start intercessing, I'm gonna start doing. What would you do? What would you say? Yes. 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 Those that we know that are not faithful. Yep. 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 I love that. So many times we pray for our fellow Christians, but we need to be praying for those that are not. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. How about we just <laughs> kind of start with if you want to be a good intercessor, then you have to pray for <laughs> something, someone else other than yourself. So if your prayer life just consists of, Lord, help me get through this day. Help me get my job. It's like, well, then we, we haven't graduated to intercession yet, right? Because, uh, see, these prayers seem to be definitely more outwardly focused. It doesn't mean that you don't pray for yourself. I mean, then there's a whole lot of room. Uh, Ephesians, Thessalonians, those scriptures come to mind, praying without ceasing, pray all types of prayers, all types of times, all kinds of ways. There's plenty of time to pray, pray. So we're not saying don't pray for yourself. But when it's time to intercede, y'all see my acts I've been grinding on? Sometimes as we grow in rightly dividing the word of truth, then we can understand the difference between when it's time to meditate and when it's time to praise. And when it's time to intercede and when it's time to, you know, go in my closet for myself. Like, is this, okay, what are you doing right now? Well, right now I'm interceding. You know what I'm saying? And so we designate space for that. Um, so one of, one, of, one of my pastor mentor friends, he, he had a, a schedule for himself, and um, his, each day would have a different focus, and that would be his focus of intercession that day. You know what I'm saying? So when, when it was his hour or whenever his moment he paused to do, wanted to do some interceding, he would focus on a specific group. So just starting with, it's not me. When I'm interceding, I'm praying for, right? I love it. We just go with Nehemiah. One of y'all said it um, so well. I mean, we, we started with praise. Yeah, Lord God of heaven, how great and awesome. I think, you know, that's just Matthew 6, 9, Matthew 9, 6, one of the Lord's prayer. I think that's just standard. We're going to be good praisers. Uh, but I love the idea of confessing sin. That's verse, uh, verse 6. I think intercessors um, understand the the meta narrative of scripture that usually if there's something wrong in this world why is it is it just because no why is it why is something wrong in this world why are people hungry why are people killing people 
Why are people being sex trafficked? Why? Why? Yes. So sometimes we move past that. We just go straight to something's wrong and we don't know why it's wrong. No. Somebody's been doing something they ain't supposed to be doing. It's some iniquitous hearts. It's some greedy hearts. It's some selfish hearts. It's some wounded people. Hey, it's some greed and some pride somewhere. And we want, let's start confessing that on behalf of. And this is a distinctly Christian thing, too. I think, you know, so many of the Christians, we want to get on our high horse. We'll start, you know, telling the opposition who they are and what they're doing wrong on Facebook. But when, when have you prayed for them? Confess even the sin you think they're committing on behalf. Or, Father, forgive them. God, we confess that we have failed to see and value the sanctity of life. God, we confess that we have failed to care about life outside of the womb, that we abandon. We just confess it before you start accusing them too, you know? Yeah, forgive them. They don't know it. That's right. That's right. So I love as an intercessor confessing the sins of, of maybe both the offended party and the offenders, you know? I think it's a good practice. Um, if you're going to be a good intercessor, I think you got to know your word because Nehemiah is very legal. He's like, man, I'm coming to you. Jesus is very legal for you. You know, the plans we talked about. I, I know your desires. I know your word. I know we've sinned, but you said this though, God, right? I, oh, I love that. Right. He says, I, it, it's, listen. It ain't no, hey, there's no confusion on why things have happened. What he said in verse 7, we have acted very wickedly. That's why things are going awry right here, right? We've not obeyed the commands, degrees, and the laws that you have given your servant Moses. But God, verse 8, remember the instruction you gave. You gave it, God. Remember the instruction you gave. You said, if you're unfaithful, I will scatter you amongst the nation. But you also said, God, if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if you are exiled people, or at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there. Do you, do you know enough word to call God? God, you said, Second Chronicles, that if your people who are called by your name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways and seek your face, that you would heal. God, you said, Lord God, that you would supply all of our needs according. That seems like some good intercession. Not just God help. No, reminding him of his word. Right. Because that's something um, uh, uh, I don't think God takes offense to that. Um, and um, many, many people go back to Micah 6, 8, that, that chapter where God, what does he desire? In the beginning, God is actually bringing a charge against his people and he calls the mountains to stand and bear witness. It's very courtroom like legal. And it's like God is but he's a covenant keeping God. That's why he trifles himself to put. Uh, Abram to sleep and walks through dead carcasses of animals. He's a very legal. I, w- I cannot lie. I cannot go against my word. So if we want to make some mountain moving intercession. I think we should probably know his word. You know what I'm saying? Just to hold it out. So I'd say confession um, is good. I'd say um, knowing his word is important. Um, I think understanding who we are 
Verse 10, they are your servants, your people. Y'all talked about that. There's always this idea of the identity, like you know the word and, and kind of reminding God of who these people are and who he promised to be to them. It seems like it's really big, understanding the character and nature of God, um, calling to that. I would also just say, you're not interceding if you're not asking. Ask, make the ask. I know that's a strange thing, you know, with your boss, you go in there, you, man, I just want to ask for a raise, but, but what if I, and maybe in the secular sense, that's, you have to be afraid to do that. You don't have to be afraid to do that in intercession. Make the ask, ask big stuff. And I think like with confidence, mm -hmm. Yeah. If I find myself saying, like, okay, will you do this? But, like, you already know what you're going to do. And so I guess you're right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you have already <laughs> talked yourself out of the ask by the time you like. So, I think, yeah, I get choked up by that. I'm like, well, you already have a plan, and what's going to happen is going to happen. But that doesn't mean that I don't ask for you to move. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even just give opportunity for him to answer and for that to grow my faith. Like yeah. It, Yeah. But yeah. the fact that he like allows us to pray for things and see us answer those or see us see him answer those prayers. Yeah. Um to like grow yeah, grow our faith in him too. I, I wrote that down even with Jesus in, in the 15th verse. Jesus is like my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Um see that kind of battling with what Jesus wanted and, and still look, hey. May, it's almost the intimation. I don't want to be filling in stuff that's not there, but hey, maybe I would do it this way, but look, at least just protect them from the evil one. You know, it's almost a submission. Your will be done, but I'm still making my ass. We just protect them, right? Um, but I think that's the church. I think like that, that whole idea is like, okay, your will be done. We understand that. We know that. So we pray that we are part of your will. Yeah. That we are included in your will. Yeah. Yes. But sometimes I think we are done with the tactic to ask for what we want. Yeah. You know, for years, prime example, I want to have a child. Lord, please, if it's your will, let me have a baby, let me have a baby. Well, the last time I prayed, I was sitting in the um, parking lot at Walgreens going in to buy a pregnancy test, and I said, God, I want a child. Yeah. Wow. And that is the only time that I ever prayed. It was always, oh, the Lord, whatever you will, Lord, I'll be accepting. But I think sometimes he wants us just to give our faith in him. Because that whole time I'm sitting there going, oh, it's whatever you want. I knew it wasn't his baby. Yeah. You're not going to do anything. Yeah. But so, so sometimes I, I didn't believe. And sometimes I think he just wants us to give him an identity. Yeah. It's tough, man. Martha, open up that tomb. No, man. Just let it be done. No, open it up, man. Because y'all got to know that the world says that you would never, ever believe. It can't happen. Yeah. Right? So, boom. 100%. Well, one thing I would also just tack on to proper intercession and good intercession, what, what's the 
first, what's the fourth, somebody read the fourth and maybe the fifth verse of Nehemiah. All right, pause, Kendall. What, what, yeah, what, what did Nehemiah do? I, I have not done, Pastor Nick is in here too, so he can he correct me if I need to be corrected here. <laughs> but um, I have not, I have not done a full study on Jesus being a man of many sorrows, but I do believe that um, I think Jesus, when he looks at the brokenness in the world, I think that I think that has a little something to do with it. And I think if you want to ever be faithful in intercession, you got to I don't know as you know, y'all know I ain't big on the Enneagram and all that jazz. But I do. If you're going to be faithful in intercession, you have to feel the brokenness. And your life can't just be committed to avoiding pain and looking past stuff. I don't want to drive by that neighborhood. It's too hard for me to look at. No, you got to look at it because if you look at it, it drives you to intercede. And how can God do big things without people interceding on behalf? You got you to look at the hard stuff. And I think what I love about Nehemiah, he's feeling this. He's feeling the weight of it. And it's leading him to sit down and he's weeping on behalf of his people. He's in a good position with wherever, but he's weeping on behalf of his people. He's weeping on behalf of their fractured relationship with God. When's the last time you just been, your heart been broken that people weren't in right fellowship with the King of Jesus, King Jesus? Man, I just want to be moved deeply like that. I want you to know him and it drives me to tears. And, and take it a step further. What's he do? He sees the fracture. He don't just cry about what he do. He push the plate away, too. He said, it burdens me so much. The brokenness burdens me so much. I'm, I'm a fast for it, too. I think intercession really um, has to be led by people who feel the heart of God deeply and are moved by brokenness. And they have no other resource but to drop to their knees and start praying and fasting for brokenness to be healed in this world. Not just, I'm gonna start strategizing, not just I'm gonna start volunteering. Somebody got to Nehemiah something. When the last time we Nehemiah for Berkeley in the Heights and just, man, we just know, just for all the brokenness we see here. The fact that we drive west down Summer Avenue and we know we're looking at women being prostituted. When's the last we just wept over it? Beasy? Because I think for a lot of us, outside of prayer life, 
we haven't seen it in our own lives because mm. we haven't tried to intercede. Mm. And I think once you start seeing it in real time, yeah, I know this person and this person, this is this problem, this person could probably help. Because yep. I think we do it all the time. We like, yep. oh, that person needs to meet that person. Yep. And it's not a big thought, but once we put them together, they do stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I think it's hard for us to fathom because we struggle to pray, because we struggle to admit like we haven't truly surrendered, mm. and then we haven't seen it played out. But once you start putting faith that God's using me, because mm. I'm not worthy, but He makes me worthy. Amen. So I don't know. I think the intercession piece to see it in real life makes it where it becomes more fervent, kind of. Yeah, 100%. So let me just blitz y'all with <clears throat> some church history as if you needed it. Um, but it's just a good foundational kind of scripture for intercession. It's 1 Timothy 2.1. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for how many people? All people. For kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Um, what is Jesus currently doing now, y'all? He's interceding for us. Somebody get out to Gil. Um, he's now interceding for us. Um, and uh, I'm putting my seminary books to use, y'all, in this class. I never knew I would do it. But, uh, but uh, in this book called Leading in Prayer, uh, one of the quotes was basically that the intercession prayer of the church, when we intercede, we continue the ministry of intercession. Jesus began on earth and completes in heaven. We know this, that Jesus prayed for his friends. Jesus prayed for his enemies. That goes back to uh, prayer intercession. Things can be made for all people. We got to be a all. You know, one thing that will help us in this divided, toxic uh, racialized, politicized community, if we begin to be prayers for all people kind of people and not fall into this, uh, the lie that, you know, if we just shout at people and if we just tell them the truth, they'll change and start doing right. That is just, No, we need to be a more of an all people kind of praying kind of people. Um, God manifests himself to the covenant body by intercession. I think what Brian is was one of the things I, I just gathered from what he was saying is like, man, as as we begin praying for you, um, we see God's hand start working and moving. You know what I mean? And we, we start to see it and we sometimes we don't realize or we just don't have the confidence that my the effective prayers of the righteous avail much. When I sit down and I'm praying, I, I mean, it it. it Honestly, it was so beautiful. I have to tell you the story one day. But I, in Gil's life, I had been both praying for something for her and soliciting her for another thing. So I was praying against myself. But just to see it work. Have y'all have y'all not just been so richly blessed in your own covenant body as you have seen things come to fruition, you know you've been praying about for your other covenant brother and sister. 
Man, we've been praying for her to get a job. We've been praying for her husband. I mean, it's almost like we got married. You know what I mean? And so we get to see when you come outside of yourself and you make it your purpose to intercede, we all get to see God manifest himself to us and encourage our faith. Yeah, I like that word confidence. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Because I do that. I'll be like, man, I wish all these homeless people wouldn't wander around the streets. I wish they would just go away. And I know they won't. And I, there's nothing I can do about it. And I just get frustrated. I feel bad for them. But I don't feel like God's going to ever do anything mm. about it. And I, so I don't even really pray about it. I just ignore it. You know? yeah. We can easily do that. There is, to me, not a more bold, tangible step of faith than to pray. I mean, it just, because if you don't believe God can do anything, you just don't ask. You're right. You just leave it alone. And we think we're, we, we think we're resigned, we're, we're, let your will be done. That's what we think we're doing, but that's not what he asks us to do. He says, pray and keep praying. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think it's, it is the toughest position of sitting in between believing God can do something and trying to figure out why he's not doing it. And it's, that's a hard position in my own life, um, but I think it's the place we got to sit in. I think this is a place we've been called to sit in and be faithful in um, and just trust that God will meet us in the middle of that space. Because sometimes the prayer, sometimes the intercession is less about the results and more about your sanctification in the intercession. You know, God just working it out in you. He just gave you something to work it out in you. And so um, when we pray for each other, I guess this further is the point. When we pray for each other, it demonstrates the bond of the spirit uniting us in the body of Christ. When we when we make it our business to put each other on our hearts, it is sealing us, sealing us together. You want to talk about a body that really is connected. I think it's a body who is actively interceding for each other in each other's lives, walking through the hard stuff and sitting in it with us. Uh, just a couple quotes. So from the earliest <clears throat> church, from the earliest times understood that it was important to maintain a ministry of intercession. So by the fourth century, most churches had developed a definite list of things for which the assembled Christians prayed at each service. Um, by the fourth century, most church, um, that's, that's that redundant sorry um, but basically uh, they prayed for the church the ministry people in special need and civil authorities um, however because this practice later disappeared from the Roman mass the reformers sought to restore it and here's some of the here's just a cool list of kind of what emerged kind of as the Reformation got rolling here is their itinerary we'll just pray for God's glory we'll pray for his kingdom our obedience the preservation of life the forgiveness of sins, the strengthening of the spirit. That's William Perkins' list. Old's list. They pray, he prayed for the church. He prayed for the ministry. He prayed for all people. prayed for civil authority and special needs. Um, and in the intercessions of Westminster, they prayed for all people, the ministry, civil authority, special needs, and the church. Go ahead, CC. Um, in Old's list, mm -hmm. how does he differentiate between church and ministry? I think the church is Big C Church ministry is context at least that's how i read it yeah um so when y'all think about you know good a good list um for us as we just think about man how can we be more faithful intercessors um 
how would we, what, what kind of list would we put together? It's like, man, here's, here's a good list that we could, First Timothy 2, just build a rhythm of praying for all people in all spaces. Do any of y'all already kind of have a, a routine list or a rhythm? You think she believe her prayers work? Man, I had a man, I had a moment of like fright. I think the enemy was he was working on me because one of my friends had a uh, um one of my friends had an anniversary. They're battling infertility. We've been praying about some things. And um I text them and I was just like, Man, I love y'all are so special. Just praying God's blessing over your home and your womb and all that. And when and then I meet it when I hit sin, I my heart just panicked. I was just like, man, I shouldn't have sent that. Maybe they just, maybe they they moved on. Maybe they're done. Maybe I triggered it. Oh, I shouldn't have. And I was like, no, I believe he can do it. And I'm still believing. And I'm not going to run away from that. You just got to do it, you know. What else? What can we add? In your life, how would you, what's one category you think, hey man, I need to regularly be praying for, go for it. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. Well, I love, I love those classic lists 
And I think really what we did was we just put in some specific bullets in the classics. And I think one of the things like, I just encourage us. So we're thinking like, man, what does it look like to seek the Lord continually? Um, and so that's, that's removing things that would obstruct you from seeing his greatness, his insurmountable value and worth and beauty. You got to get that, whatever blocks you, get it out your way so you can see it. And then also you got to do things that help you see it. And we talked last week about, um, I think I had some of them written down, but I meant to give them to you, but mind numbing stuff, um, productivity and eliminating, you know, social pressures that kind of just cramp you from being able to just enjoy who the Lord is. But now as you're starting to build intercession into your rhythm, um, I think we got so much to be praying for, uh, that I don't think you have to be stuck, but I think if you could think in the big categories, it's like, all right, man, going back, everybody seems to be playing for the, the global church, big C church, right? However they call it, God's kingdom, big C church. So maybe that just rotates, like, man, what does that look like? What, what aspect of the big C church am I going, and what helps you? So you don't know a whole lot about the big C church? I confess I don't. Man, what's going on in China? I don't know. Get, read Christianity Today. Find some things that help feed that, okay, building awareness uh, for the Big C Church. Uh, then think about the local church and just, you can make your nice list of the things that happen at the avenue that need the, our operations, all of our ministries, our leaders, our children, like all those things, man, that, man, pray, pray for that, right? Um, I think the, because we are not a theocracy, a theocracy um, because this is not just the land of Christian people and we, we're, we're in the middle of this secular society. We're always praying for God to be moving and turning things in the favor of, of his glory. Don't, I don't want you to make it more favorable for, for Christians. I just want whatever is more glorifying to you to be taking place here, Lord. You know what I'm saying? So how does that happen? I want fair and equitable housing, not just for Christian folks, for all folks. You know what I'm saying? Can we be thinking about those things as far as our government is concerned? Context, it seems to be big. Your ministry context. So whether it's your city, whether it's your neighborhood, what are the things happening here uh, that we need to be praying for? And we make a nice little list of just things that we could be rotating. Um, all people. Um, I think you, <laughs> I love First uh, First Samuel, I think it's 12. In his final address, he's like, far be it from me for ceasing to pray for y'all. And I think he knows, it's like, man, listen, I can't stop praying for y'all. So we can't make a list and not be praying for other people. Well, they ain't on my prayer list, so I'm not going to pray for them. So, But how can you start quantifying and, and categorizing all people you can be praying for? You know, because we do pray for people outside this ministry context. So what does that kind of look like? Could be, like you said, man, I'm just feeling really burdened for the foster care system. I'm really feeling burdened for, for addicts and the homeless, right? And maybe that rotates a little bit. Um, you need to, to me, to have enough of a sense of your covenant body that you can also pray for the salvation of Kendall's mama. Because I know, I know our people. And so be plugged into your core fam. Be, ask people, how can I be praying for you? You know what I'm saying? And because we need to have times to be interceding for people's unique and specific needs and burdens um, that they happen to have. It's intercession. Intercession. I was done.
Anything else for the good of the order? Well, I love it. I think the one common thread running through all of this, <clears throat> I think is, you know, we sing that song. Uh, da, 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 more aware of your presence. What's the lyrics? Let us become more aware of your presence. I think um, Western Christianity is such a, a ideology and a kind of, I believe these things, therefore I'm doing the Christian thing. And it's like, uh, yes, and there's something else. There's something deeper, there's something richer. Um, this union of, of did y'all see that John 17 prayer? Man, I want them to be one like you and I are one. We all be one. All that oneness. Like Jesus is like, I want them to know you like I know you. What? No, we can't know God like that. That's what Jesus is praying for. And that's what Jesus says can happen. Don't settle, y'all. Don't settle. You can have earth moving, mountain moving prayer. And... I don't think there will be anything more encouraging to your spiritual life than knowing your tears and your prayers and your knees were part of the reason why something came to pass. Ain't nothing more. <laughs> you, and you think that that won't be the gift that keeps on giving? That when you have your moments, that faith has not been built up to, I know. <laughs> I might be in it now, but I know God is hearing me. He is moving. I am not forsaken, and my my prayers are not in vain. Join the join the the wealth of intercession, and let's continue the ministry of Jesus. All right, let me pray, and we'll get out.